Each and every day we'll be under these influences. Each and every day we'll be going through this tug of war. Each and every day we've got to fight and we've got to fight well. Tug of War, the battle with the demonic. Hello, everybody. I am George Bronner, as I hope you know or will come to remember. And recently, I was rereading Seeing the Supernatural by Jennifer Ivaz. She opens up the book with a story. When she first preached a sermon about how to discern, at the time, she didn't know quite how to articulate how to discern the three major categories divine, yourself, and demonic. But there was one she knew how to do for sure, and that was the demonic. After her first sermon, she proceeded to have a dream. And in this dream, she was escorted by an angel named Jeff, which means God's peace with us. Now, he escorted her to a floating island, to the center of said island where the tallest skyscraper stood. They entered an elevator and went to the top floor, where a short yet unnaturally angry man was there to greet her. And the man told her two sentences in a demanding way. Why did you teach this? Never teach it again. Today, my title of my sermon is Tug of War, Battle with the Demonic. And this month, I again went back to what was my most challenging thing of the month. And at first, I didn't quite know how to articulate it either. It was only till a week before where I felt it pressing on my spirit that I didn't know what I was going to preach on. And as my dad said, I had been doing a lot of preaching in the last couple of months, and usually my sermons would come month or months in advance. Yet it was a week before, and I was in a place where I didn't even know what I wanted to preach on. Then it hit me, the battle against the demonic. Now I'll tell you this, the enemy can be described with three Ds, deceptive, dangerous, hmm, what was the third one again? Deceptive, dangerous, and daring. Now, daring in the sense of, if you were to corner an animal, it'll do some stuff. Some stuff that it wouldn't usually do. I mean, humans are very similar to animals. If you look at jigsaw movies, if you corner a human and you tell them they have an hour to live, the only way they're getting out is if they cut off their foot, odds are they're going to do it. Now, demons, a third of the angels fell from heaven. There's no saving for them. Humans fell too, but we have a savior in Jesus Christ. Demons, on the other hand, have knowledge that there is no saving for them, that there is an eternity waiting for them, but it's away from God. Now, demons with this knowledge want to persecute those that are in the purpose of God. And that includes us, of course. When we look at biblical figures, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were persecuted. Through man, it seemed, whenever you had kings issuing decrees that you could only worship them, no other gods. And this is whenever we see a choice, a choice between faith and a choice between fear, because the demonic tends to function in a sense of threatening you, wanting to instill fear in you so you won't follow God. Going back to our nature and our emotions, because emotions definitely pull people in that tug of war. Now, when you look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they kept praying. Even though there were decrees, they kept praying. They were thrown into a furnace, yet Their clothes weren't warmed up. Not a hair on their head was burned. They were protected. When you look at Daniel, he kept praying, kept serving God, kept walking in faith, not in fear, and he was protected. The lions ignored him completely. Now, it's interesting 
Because while they walked in faith, a lot of times we do not. And I'll tell you this, to put it even on a lower scale, it doesn't have to be that major. If the enemy gets you to not be in the purpose of God for a day, that is a victory for them. Each and every day, the enemy approaches it right then and there. If I can get him to walk in, let's say, passion instead of purpose, that's a victory. And then the next day, they'll hit it with the same mentality of each and every day. If I can get this person to not be in their purpose that God has ordained for them, that's a victory for me. And faith over fear came to my mind yesterday as I was left getting my passport photos. I've been talking with the individual at the counter about COVID and vaccinations. And as I was leaving, somebody was entering on their mask. They had faith over fear. And it was three words I had heard many times before related to the vaccine. And at the time, I didn't know it was going to be in my message, but it just stuck with me. The image just locked in my mind. And when I say faith over fear, I'm not referring to COVID. I'm referring to the battle against the demonic. Now, when you look at the Lord, the Lord certainly does not give us a spirit of fear. It comes from the demonic. But what does the Lord give us? This comes to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear is not instilled with us. And see, a perfect love drives out all fear. God is love. Yet one could look at the alternative. A perfect fear drives out all love. And that's exactly what the enemy is trying to do. Trying to scare us, trying to push us away from God's love. And we can look at the Lord as a shield. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were protected. Daniel was protected. Yet there were others that were near them or experienced a similar situation that were not so. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the furnace by the strongest soldiers, the strongest. Yet even though they didn't take a footstep into that furnace, they died from the heat. They didn't even touch the fire and they didn't survive because they weren't protected. They didn't have that shield. When you look at Daniel, after he was pulled out and the king changed his decree, there were other families that were thrown into the lion's den and they were ravaged. The lions didn't let them just leave. No, the lions, they feasted because they weren't protected. And what the enemy will also want you to do, cleverly, I'll admit, is get you to drop that shield. Because while it hurts to take blows with a shield where each step you got to make sure you're reinforced so you don't fall back, where you can't be standing nonchalantly with a shield in one hand and your focus somewhere else because they'll knock you right off your feet. It hurts oh so much more to be hit when you don't have that shield up. And this was shown to me through experience. A couple days ago, I was trying to go to sleep early. I was planning on having a productive morning, making sure I was up at 5 a.m. And it was about 10 or 11 when I was going to sleep, when the activity in the kitchen began to rise. Now, my room is right next to the kitchen. And I started that off with logical thinking. You know, I'm a semi-deep sleeper. I should definitely be able to fall asleep in this noise if I can usually sleep through it. And I was falling asleep. And then I heard somebody laugh and I was jolted awake with a whole bunch of adrenaline. And instead of being calm and logical, I was getting mad. I hit my bed like this three to five times and I was like, I hope they hear me. They're making all of this noise. They better hear me. Nobody came to check on me, but that's neither here nor there. I even wanted to throw my phone, but I decided against that. I remember John advertising to me and my brothers about Apple Care. You could just throw your phone against the wall and get a new one for $15. Sort of wished I took up that opportunity. (laughs) But I knew better than to destroy my property and that fit of rage. 
And it wasn't until a while later, probably about 20 or 30 minutes. And it was a minute before things quieted down, but I didn't know it was so soon. Whenever a peace washed over me, and I knew this was to also be put in the sermon. The difference between being hit with a shield versus being left unarmed, taking the same blows. And these were light, yet they felt like I was receiving artillery shells. Why was I so mad? Because I didn't have my shield up. And you may wonder, in little circumstances, it's the little things that bother you. Why are you so mad? Because you don't have your shield up. It's not fatigue that stops somebody from finishing a marathon, but the pebble in their shoe. It's the little things. And the big things, you surely don't want to get hit by those because we saw what happened to those that were not covered by a shield in the stories of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, as well as Daniel. They died, while those that were protected kept their lives. Now, don't get me wrong. They were taunted. They were threatened by the enemy. And by logical circumstance, they would have lost their lives, but they chose faith over fear. The enemy will taunt you and tell you, well, you're probably going to die anyway. You might as well drop your shield. And when you put it like that, it doesn't make much logical sense anymore. They're basically telling you to drop your only protection. The enemy is dangerous because when you're walking in purpose, the enemy will do whatever it can to stop you, even if that means it has to kill you. That doesn't mean God's going to let them but they'll try. And you see, I have a question for you today and just respond with I am if you fit this. Are you gifted? Definitely. Because everybody's been blessed. Everybody has gifts. We're part of a body of Christ and while our gifts differ, when we come together, it's beautiful. Everybody has gifts. And I'm going to ask it again. Are you gifted? You surely are. And walk with your head held high knowing that. And each and every day, the enemy will try and get you to bury your gifts. Of course, there's the parable of the many talents and the one who buried his gift because he was afraid of his master, that if he lost the money, oh, the punishments that would come, even though he should have very well known that if he stagnated, the punishments would have come anyway. Whenever we see in the stories of the Bible, people that falter due to fear, it's usually not too logical. Israelites that are afraid of Egyptian armies approaching, when they just saw God bring them out of Egypt, they saw the plagues. They saw all these miracles that God did for them, yet they're still scared of man approaching. Fear usually isn't logical, but it works when you get caught in the snares of it. The enemy is a very interesting enemy, and each and every day we'll be under these influences. Each and every day we'll be going through this tug of war. Each and every day, we've got to fight, and we've got to fight well. But there's a beauty in being challenged because it breeds fortitude. As Romans 5.3 states, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. See, these things aren't in vain. God allows a lot of things to happen to us, a lot of things to happen to others, and usually it's for development. It may not be apparent, especially not at the time. It can come much later, but it's usually for development, endurance so that you can handle much more, or the breeding of skills so that you can reach someone else. Because not only will the enemy try and stop your divine development, they'll try and stop you from developing others. Now, sometimes they'll try and reach them. Other times they'll try and sever the connection. Say the person was having a bad day. They came with an attitude to you. The enemy tells you, That person has a bad attitude. They got a bad energy. They're not grateful. They don't deserve your attention. They don't deserve your time. Distance yourself from them and let them handle it alone since they don't appreciate you. 
You know, the whole time they were just having a bad time. And it was probably because the enemy caused them to have a bad time. They'll try and distance you from your divine development or developing somebody else. See, one day they win, it's a victory. One day we win, that's development. Because these trials breed endurance when you get through them. When working out, I state that the fight begins whenever I start to burn. I remember doing back exercises and my hands were hurting. I just wanted to let go. But I know my hands weren't going to get any more calloused if I did so. See, when you hold on, the calluses build up. And where you started to burn the days before, you're calm. Where you started to burn the weeks before, you're steady. You're stronger and stronger. But if you let go, you remain where you once were. That you can never hold on because you fear the burn. Hmm. But you got to. You've got to for growth, for development for enhancement of endurance. It's truly interesting how these trials work, how there's seemingly not pleasure without pain, how there's not harvest unless you get your hands dirty in the mud first. It's interesting where God will send us so that we can go higher. And this was even further shown to me in a dream. And it was a dream where I was in a hotel and I was walking around the floor and initially it was peaceful. And then at some point, there was just a fight that broke out. And it was a fight between monsters. And I'm not even wholly sure what the other party looked like, but they seemed pretty regular. There were giants. There were goblins. There were entities that hardly looked human, yet they were humanoid. And my attention was on them. They were scary figures, and I knew that they were evil. And from what I could tell in the dream, whichever side I chose to fight for would be the side that would win. See, this dream wasn't necessarily about a bigger picture, though, because the thing that they were fighting for in the dream was me. And in this game of of tug-of-war, in this fight where both sides seemed even, the determining factor for who would win for me was me. God gives us free will. God allows for us to choose the other side, to choose him, to choose to not participate at all, but then we find ourselves in lukewarmness, where both sides seem to be stagnating and... We're just observing. Hmm. It's interesting because even in the dream, I wasn't focused on the side that I was fighting for, oddly enough. In the dream, I found myself fighting for the regular people, yet I didn't spare a glance towards them. Hmm. See, as you pull, it may seem like that moment lasts forever, but the victory and the fruits that it brings last a whole lot longer. Every day is a battle. And every day that the enemy pulls you away from God's purpose for you is a victory for them. I want you to go out today and tomorrow with the aim of victory. This is my sermon. I'm going to ask my brother Nate to close us out. That was a great message from George. I hope everybody enjoyed that. He has some very good, useful points in that message. I think that was very relevant to everybody's lives. I feel like the enemy comes for us on a day-to-day basis. I feel like In many ways, you know, you struggle with certain things throughout the week, small things. Yeah, just getting upset, just trying to keep your cool, of course, just trying to make it through the day. So I think that that's a very important thing to keep in mind as we go through our day-to-day lives and just continue to have that shield and never drop it and never let that down, never let your guard down, never just get too comfortable and never forget who has your back and who is walking with you through this life, so... I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads as I pray to close this out. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for bringing everybody here who needed to hear this message, dear God. 
I ask that you will continue to walk with us and continue to protect us as we walk with you, dear God. I ask you will continue to show us where we should not walk, dear God, and to allow us to just stay out of situations and places where we shouldn't be, dear God. I ask you will continue to give us the knowledge that we need. You will continue to give us the growth that we need, and you will continue to just be with us through every step of the way, dear God. And I just thank you for all that you've done, you have done, and you continue to do. And I love you with all my heart, mind, body, spirit, and soul. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled, Tug of War, The Battle with the Demonic, by George Bronner. This message is number 4097. That's 4097 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 4097 to a friend. Go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because, brother, you need the Word. Brothers of the Word.